You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, I'm gonna show you how to pick yourself up after a failed launch. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today is a listener-submitted question that's coming from Elizabeth Dahl. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for submitting. If you'd like to get featured on the podcast, you too can as well when you submit a question by heading over to jameswoodmer.com forward slash QA. That's jameswoodmer.com forward slash QA and you can get your question submitted, you can get featured, and you're gonna get it answered by me. How amazing is that? So what are we gonna talk about today on this episode? Elizabeth was asking us all around how to pick yourself up after a failed launch. How do you keep showing up after failure, failure, failure? You're going to hear a very different perspective and a way in which I like to look at that in business that I think is going to be very helpful, that I think is going to be a prerequisite for your success. Failure isn't just a prerequisite for success, but mastering your ability to reframe failure is a prerequisite for your success. And I'm going to talk to you about that today on the episode So stay tuned for that, but before we get into that, I always like to update my listeners. How the heck are you? Merry Christmas. I hope you all had a happy holidays. We're filming this right in between that lovely gap where we don't get anything done between Christmas and New Year's. We call it the most unproductive time of the year, where it's not quite a holiday, but not quite a work week, and here we are being productive, getting stuff done. I actually, if you've been following me on the Instagrams, we just wrapped up property number three in our Airbnb property file suite here. And one of the things I was talking about in the stories was my little productivity hack, because I always love to be extra braggadocious about my extraordinary team and how they just perform at an Olympic level and are kicking butt per huge. And so this year has been a very, very fun journey in building a second team out with our Airbnb properties. We have a manager that manages the properties, the host. We have a what we would call the contractor. We have some handymen that work with the contractor and myself. We have me, I jump in there and get my hands a little dirty. We have a cleaning crew and just a great little team that we've put together to help with all the different phases and stages of these properties. And you know, you start to notice that sometimes projects carry on a little bit longer than they should. And I think as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you should be really cognizant of that. You should be aware of when things are like, this is taking a little bit longer than it should, and start to observe that. What's getting in the way? That's always such a powerful question. What's getting in the way? What's slowing this down? And I like to always be that person that's pushing the performance without sacrificing the quality. And so one of the things I did is I put stakes in place, like real stakes. So this is what I talked about on my Instagram stories. It's like, it's not just about a deadline and creating a deadline, but a deadline with stakes. Let me explain. I believe it's Parkinson's law, which is that, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, that 
the idea behind Parkinson's law is that the activity will fill the space of its time container. So you give something an hour and it's going to take an hour. You give yourself 30 minutes, you get it done in 30 minutes, right? And we see this happen all the time. We are huge fans. We've done episodes about this in the past uh, about Scrum. We are scrum diddly over Scrum and we'll do two-week sprints. And you know what? Every single time we get it done in two weeks. In fact, in this last scrum period, funny story, Evie, who was running our scrum, said, James, I screwed up and I'm actually, because it was just before the holidays, about the 17th, 18th of December, I'm actually going out of town on that Friday, the last day of scrum. So it would have been 10 days for scrum, two week sprint, five days apiece. And she said, I'm going to be leaving that day. I'm traveling that day. So what do we do? And we agreed, let's just end it on Thursday. So we actually gave ourselves nine days instead of 10. And guess when we got it done? Nine days. Isn't that interesting, right? And it always gets down right at the last minute. So I've always observed that and noticed that in team and performance. And so I wanted, going back to this Airbnb, we were setting it up and it had a lot of stuff it needed. You guys might've listened to my episode a few weeks prior where I talked about how the $16,500 was stolen. That's a great episode. We'll link that up in the show notes for you. That's a juicy, dramatic one. But things were taking a little bit longer. We're getting new countertops and the floors, painting and furniture's being built, all this stuff. I mean, we're not talking about an empty house. We're talking fully functional. There's a coffee maker in there. There's towels. There's a hot tub. Everything you could think of, even stuffing the, filling the cabinets with spices and olive oil and all the cooking little things here, right? It takes time. And we've got a crew going around the clock. And I was like, how do we kind of get this done. Not just keep people busy, but get it done. So I booked a guest and I booked a guest for December 28th back in probably at the beginning of December. So just about a month. And I got a big piece of cardboard and I wrote first guest checks in and then an even bigger letters, a a big D E C 28th, December 28th. And so here it was like the first few days of December. And I hung that up in the middle of the living room and wouldn't you know that got everyone's butts in gear. So if you guys were following me along in the stories, the first guest checked in 2 PM or that's when they said they were checking in and we got finished at about 2:45 that day. <laughs> like, and then they told us, you know, we're checking in and we'll be a little late. We'll be there at four, but it came right down to the wire. Isn't that fascinating? That's always so interesting. To me. We got it done. And you always find a way. But I would encourage you, whether you're working with just yourself, you can hack your own mind and your own performance, or you're working with a team, to find a way to create a deadline and a deadline that has stakes. So that has real stakes. This, this is a real guest that's coming no matter what. Whether we are done or not, they are going to be there. The stakes are real. They're high. And it just seems to get people on board with the outcome. No longer about, oh, I got a to-do list. No longer about, oh, let's log more hours. No longer about collect a paycheck. It's now about, we have to all be committed to getting this done by this date and time. This is why for years when we're talking with our students and BBD and whatnot, is one of the first things you wanna do is a beta launch. Why? Because you're getting paid first to go create the program that you've been procrastinating about for six months. Oh yeah, I'm going to get to it when I get to it. And then when a real life humanoid gives you money saying, here, here's my money. You're like, I got to go create this thing. 
The stakes are real. When you do that webinar launch and you're like, I'm doing a webinar next Wednesday and you put it out there and then that first person registers, holy crap, the stakes are real. This is, I think, a powerful productivity hack for you to just put yourself on the line and watch, notice. First of all, it's an, I think it's an act of faith in the right direction of your dreams. But second of all, if you're unless you're the type of person that is dishonest and likes to let people down, you're going to back up your word with the action that's going to fulfill on the promises that you're putting out there. I didn't want to just share the update of this huge win of six months of the ups and downs. The house was haunted. We had money stolen at one point. We went way overboard on the things we wanted to do and it just took five and a half months, but it's done. I wanted to be able to share on the podcast this huge win for me. It's a huge thing to check off the list and get it done before 2020. But I also like to share with you what I believe were productivity hacks that you can take with you into your business. Deadlines that are not negotiable. Deadlines that have real stakes. Okay, what else? What else I got for you? Nothing other than it's a new year, a new you, a new me, 12 more months of possibilities. And if you haven't yet gone through our 2021 goal setting, game setting planning guide. Now is the time to do that. So I got another link drop for you. jameswilmer.com forward slash breakthrough is my mini course and my goal setting guide to help you plan out, flush out the next 12 months. Because one of the mistakes I see time and time again, I used to make this, but this is how we look at goal setting so differently, is so many people who have been just so like, oh, about 2020. Oh, thank goodness it's over. Well, it might be over, but how much of it are you taking with you into 2021? How much of what happened last year, and this is really going to overlay and overlap into what we're talking about today. How much of the past are you taking with you into the future? And when you do that, how much is it affecting your future? And if you would like to start 2021 with a blank uh, slate, clean slate, with a blank canvas of possibilities, with more freedom, with more clarity, with more vision, with more possibility, then it would benefit you to go through this free training that we've put together for you. That's jameswilmer.com forward slash breakthrough. We're going to put that in the show notes for you. You're going to love it. The feedback of the thousands of people that have already gone through it has been amazing and life-changing, business transforming, and we want you guys to go through it as well. I mean, you're here. Why not? It's for you. You deserve it. Okay. With that being said, I want to go ahead and jump in today's episode. Again, this is a listener submitted question. I love when you guys submit questions. I love when they're great questions. You know, keep the great questions coming. We have a lot of them in the batching. I don't know what to call that. The, the log of future episodes. So keep an eye out for those. And this question comes from our listener, Elizabeth Dahl. <laughs> I would like to know how you keep showing up after a quote failed launch and knowing that there are many lessons in the launches, of course, just wondering how you keep going, keep showing up, keep having faith when you're in the beginning stages. And I would just like to hear more stories from entrepreneurs that have had big failures and big lessons learned from those failures and that have led to their ultimate successes. I don't think we often hear 
that side of things, we just hear how they're doing at this time point. And it's nice to know and to hear how to keep showing up after you're feeling defeated from a launch. All right, Elizabeth, thank you so much for the question because I know you're not the only one asking it. So I'm going to talk about that today in this episode. I think this is so important. I think if you're not mastering what we're going to be talking about today, then you're in big doo-doo in your business because the reality is, and you know this, failure is inevitable. It's unavoidable. It's a rite of passage. Everyone must go through it. Now, we're going to talk about failure. We're going to talk about how I look at failure, how I see failure very differently than most people, but there is no way around it. There's no way around it. So part of that is when people have a failure, they go, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong here. Uh Uh-oh, this wasn't supposed to happen. Uh Uh-oh, this is bad. Uh Uh-oh, this is wrong. And there's no way around it. Look around. Get curious. And yes, every person that you follow that is successful, that has what you want, that is an entrepreneur, business owner, I guarantee you there isn't one of them that has a flawless, perfect record of success with no failures in it. I'm not impressed by somebody that did because that's just an accident and they can't replicate it. I'm not really impressed by somebody who says, no, I've never had a failure. Um, Okay, that tells me you either didn't risk it, just sat on your biscuit, or you just had an accidental success and you can't replicate it. Show me the person that I want to learn from, right? That failed 20 times and then had the success. Okay, so that's the first piece. It's unavoidable. So we got to stop calling it bad or wrong or something is wrong here because I failed. But we're going to get into my whole conversation around failure in just a moment. The other thing I'm going to say, and this is where I'm a little jerky jerk, but I hear this a lot and I don't understand it because I'm very different. I'm weird. You guys know that by now. Why do we need to hear about everyone else's failures? I would like everyone listening to ask yourself the question, why will I feel better about myself knowing that other people have failed? Yes, misery loves company. Yes, we don't want to feel alone, but really consider for a moment that anybody else, a million other people failing a million times themselves has nothing to do with you. It has no bearing whatsoever, whatsoever on your success. It does not change anything about you, your story, your art, and what you're creating. It doesn't matter. So yes, I do believe we have a lot of case studies where we we share stories of where people have struggled and gone through that, and, and it's nice, but I really don't want anyone here listening, and it's not to throw Elizabeth under the bus or anything, to think that I can't be successful if I don't hear about other people's failures. I mean, if you want to listen to it, that's great. But notice all of this is going to come down to expectations and interpretations. And when we can really create a distinction around what that what interpretation is, that's going to free you a lot from these feelings of failure because yeah, Elizabeth felt a little deflated on the call and that's okay. We all, you know, feel that way from time to time. That's great. It's the analogy of falling off the horse, right? We heard it from Michael Caine. I'm Michael Caine in Batman when he said, what do we do when we fall off the horse, right? I said, we get back up. And then Christian Bale was like, you never give up on me, do you, Alfred? And he goes, never, right? So we all know that you get back on the horse, okay? But most people think life is about how to avoid falling off the horse. Nay, no. 
Falling off the horse is inevitable. When you fall off the horse, that means you're playing the game. The people that don't fall off the horse are not playing the game. They're on the sidelines of life. There's tons of critics, tons of people with opinions, but very few people have the courage, the resilience, the strength to get out there, play the game, get on the horse, and fall. The game is not about trying to avoid get falling off the horse. The game is about how quickly can I get back on? How quickly can I get back on? I fell. How quickly do I get back on? Not, oh crap, I fell. This sucks. Oh, forget it. I hope this is coming across to, to you because I just want to say this again and again and again. Sometimes I'm like, man, I really hope my point is coming across here and I'll just repeat myself. And man, he really repeats himself. The point is not, I shouldn't fall off the horse. That's not the goal. The goal is not, how do I avoid falling off the horse? The whole focus is what do I do when I fall off the horse? Like I said, failure is inevitable. Falling off your, if you're playing the game, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Good. How quickly do I get back on? And that's the game. That's the new game, the new context that you want to create. How quickly do I get back? And that's, that's one of my gifts today is I've dealt with so much setback, failure, turmoil, struggle, internal crap that I got, I decided to get really good getting back on my horse and I can get, I can process things and let go of things really fast. And I just constantly want to teach you and help you to do that. It's about resilience. It's about letting go. Okay. It's about mental and emotional mastery. And I want to help you with that because you will fall off the horse. You cannot avoid it. We all do it. Every single person that you look up to and follow has faced failure. So interpretation, let's talk about that word. Interpretation is the meaning or story that you create out of the events that happened. You see what happened, happened. You didn't, Elizabeth didn't have a failed launch. No, 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 James, if you listen, she said, what do you do after a failed launch? She didn't have a failed launch. She had something that happened, maybe zero sales, maybe one sale, maybe two sales, maybe 20 sales, maybe a thousand sales. She had an expectation of what she wanted to happen. And then she had what happened. And then she had the meaning or interpretation that she gave to what happened. And failure itself is an interpretation. Failure is not a fact, it's an interpretation, it's a label. So people say, how do I move on after a failed launch? You can't. That's why she's asking the question. You can't move on from a failed launch. But what we can do is change the interpretation. So failure is the label that we give to the unwanted thing that happened. We create an expectation. I expect, I hope, I attach right? Attachment that this is how something's going to go. Life happens. Things outside your control, things you cannot control happen. Remember, remember, remember you're in sales. You cannot pull the strings of people's brains, their thoughts. You can't get them to pull the credit card out of the purse or the wallet and, you know, mind control and, and jump in there and control their body. So their decisions to work with you is outside of your control. But what we do is we put our happiness, our internal state, this is living from the outside in, in the hands 
of people and in the hands of external circumstances and variables that you have no control over. And that is a recipe for disasters, my friends, right? So we have an expectation. Things happen outside of our control. We don't get what we expected. Boom, upset, disappointed. We go to labels, interpretations, meaning this was a failure, failure. And now you put that label over everything. It's like you put failure goggles on, right? Because you've heard the like belief goggles and all you see is failure. And then you, with those failure goggles, you're looking at everything else, including the mirror. And then you start to say, well, I did that launch. So that must mean what? I'm a failure. And then you look out into the future and what do you see? More failure, right? So that's why I'm saying it's really hard to move on from a failed launch because you're still choosing to see it as a failed launch. But if you could begin to recognize that failure does not exist only as an interpretation, only as a label, and who put that label there? Well, you did. So if you put the label there as a choice, no, it's a failed launch. No, it's not. It's just something that happened. Nothing has any inherent meaning except the meaning we give it. And that's the meaning you chose to give it. But we've been doing this our entire life. We've been doing this since we were two. As soon as you could talk and you said, why? Why? Right? If you have kids, why? Why? That's a child asking for meaning, looking for meaning in the world. So why did this happen? Oh, it's a failure. Why did it fail? Oh, because I'm a failure, right? Meaning, 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 meaning. But if we separate, this is just what happened. I wanted 10 sales. That was my goal. I got one sale. That's all, that's it. That's, that's what happened. So how do you move on from a launch that had one sale instead of 10 is already a very different question. And the more we label and choose the label of failure, the more we say this was bad, this was wrong. Einstein said you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. Then that's where you're making your decisions from. That's what's affecting your state. That's what's predicting your future. And it's affecting everything. Drop the meaning, drop the interpretation. Then we can start to move on. And that's how it's done. That is how you move on from a failed launch is you have to let go. You have to, number one, create the awareness and understanding, accept the fact that you chose to call it a failure and that it isn't inherently a failure. It might not be what you wanted, but that doesn't make it a failure. And yeah, I can give you all kinds of examples of things that people said were failures and I thought was a failure. And I said, those are the greatest things that ever happened to me. So is it a failure or a success? You tell me, right? So I can have plenty of examples of those. But it's not until you create the awareness and the distinction to say, wait a second, this isn't actually a failure. I'm choosing to call it a failure. I'm choosing to label it a failure. Then we can remove the, the label and we can see something different. And that's really up to each and every one of us. But I live my life. This is why James talks about all these things. Everyone, you know, says, oh, the weird woo-woo stuff. James is too woo-woo and all that weird stuff. And that's fine. I love it. Bring it. Bring it. But one of the things that changed my life dramatically, drastically, is the context through which we live our lives. The context is the environment in which your life unfolds. And one of the contexts that my life unfolds from is everything that is happening, the circumstances, the situations, the events, external in the world to internal in a business, everything is happening for me. And that's a choice as well. Everything is happening for my own growth. Everything is happening so that I have something to learn, something to gain, something to benefit from. 
something that I can then have to give to others. That changes everything. So look at it like this. Is failure is an interpretation, we can choose to say, here's this thing that's bad, which means I screwed up, which means I suck, which means I'm probably not cut out for this, which means I don't even want to go through disappointment again. We talked about this when we started talking about goal setting. It's not that people don't love setting goals. They don't love, they avoid the feeling of being disappointed. And so if you were disappointed in this failed, air quotes, launch, you wouldn't want to go do it again because you want to avoid uncomfortable feelings like disappointment. How much of your life is being driven right now by trying to avoid the feeling of disappointment? Yikes, right? So we could choose to say, this is bad, this is wrong. I don't want it to happen again. This was awful. Why does this happen to me? This must confirm that I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not liked. I'm not worthy. I'm not this. I'm not that. Or we could sit there and say, you know, about six months ago, I really set this big ass desire to do something that I've never done before. Maybe create that dream business, that dream life, do something big. And then the universe said, okay, you asked for it. So here's what it will require of you. You're going to need to learn a few things. You're going to need to become the person that can handle this type of life. So I'm going to start to present you some things to teach you a lesson. I always love that quote, right? Where the student goes to the, to the, to the guru, or I don't know who he's going to, but someone wiser and says, guru, what's the difference between school and life? And the guru smiles and says, well, my young disciple in school, you learn a lesson and then you take a test. But in life, you're given a test to see if you learned the lesson. And when your life unfolds from a context of this is all happening for you, failure doesn't exist. There is no room for failure in an environment where everything is happening for you. If everything is happening for you, there is no failure. There is no bad. There is no wrong. There is no, this is not good. There's just, here's how I'm going to teach you strength. Here's how I'm going to teach you resilience. Here's how I'm going to teach you mental toughness. Here's how I'm going to teach you how to sell because you're not selling properly or how to step into an authority and be a leader because you're not doing that. Contrast is what creates clarity. And what a difference when you look at it that way. That's the only way that you can move on. And I love to give examples. We'll give examples. Elizabeth asked for examples and I'm always happy to give my examples. And it's hard at times to say like, oh, you know, can you share failures and, and all that type of stuff? Because you have to go, okay, wait, I have to look back and realize that I don't call any of them failures at all. I call it my juicy journey of drama and excitement and high stakes and all that type of stuff, right? But it's just like, I'm along for the ride and I'm having a blasty blast. But a great example that I always love to give is the one where I decided to go all in on a promotion for someone else's product. This is about five, six years ago. And I just gave it 100%. Now, first off, I will say this part. I ignored my intuition and I, my intuition kind of said like, uh, don't do it. Or like, don't, this isn't going to do well. And I ignored that. And I had a friend tell me afterwards, I was like, oh, I'm so angry at myself because it didn't do well. 
It tanked in my book. Failure. Interpretation. And tanked is an interpretation. It didn't hit my expectations. So I had a friend point out and say, well, isn't that just proof that you're intuitive? Because your intuition was right. And you just chose not to listen to it. Life is about choice. Oh, wow. That's a really, that's a really great point. There's a little gift in that. Isn't that, isn't that a great way to learn how to use your intuition is be like, man, I didn't listen to that little feeling, that little nudge. I should have listened. Isn't that the, if you always followed your intuition and never had an experience of not following your intuition and had something go wrong, you'd really, I don't think you'd appreciate how intuitive you are naturally. Interesting. So that wasn't the big lesson, the big takeaway. The big lesson and takeaway was that people, we did an exit survey. I was like, I got to know why people aren't buying. Like what the heck happened here? And again, like I said, it was a promotion for somebody else. And people wrote in and said, I'm not on your list to learn from this person. I don't want to learn from them. I'm not here for them. I want from you. Oh, oh, ego loved that. But that's, that's not the point of the story. I said, wow, I never really thought about creating a program like this, but that's what my audience is saying. And that's how we create a business by design right there. That is where the idea was birthed. The idea was born for business by design was a failed promotion for somebody else. And people saying, I want to learn that from you. I never really, I thought you, cause I was a video guy, but way back in the day, which was a Tuesday. And I, I didn't consider that. So here's the funny other side of the story. Business by Design has gone on to do millions and millions of dollars, help an unbelievable amount of entrepreneurs. We've done incredible things at our live events and just do so much awesome stuff. Really, truly amazing, right? And it's become so much about what we do and how we teach and just the mecca of where all of our coaching and support and business transformation work is. And now it's what, four or five years of running that program. The question you got to ask yourself to play those fun little devil's advocate questions is this, would that have ever happened if this was a huge success? If that promotion for that other person, person was wildly successful, would I have gone on and created business by design? And would it have looked the way it looks and would it have happened the way it happened at the time it happened? And even if that promotion was successful, it would have paled in comparison to the success and, and results that we've gotten from doing this. So was it a failure? Or was it the contrast I needed that was happening for me to serve me to get the lesson I needed to do what I needed to do next? This is why over and over again, I say there is no such thing as failure as it exists in the world. Only your choice to look at something as a judgment as bad, wrong, or shouldn't have happened. And when you do that, you are resisting that which is. You are in resistance. I do not accept reality as it is. And to the degree in which you accept reality as is, is to the degree in which you have the power to do something about it. In other words, if you spend all your power, you give all your power away, you waste all your energy resisting what is, 
then you don't have the power to do something about it because you're trying to say it's something that it's not. Failure is a form of denial. Ooh. Failure is a form of resistance. You're pushing against, you're wasting your energy and you're pushing against that which truly is. It's not a failure. It's just a launch that maybe didn't make a sale or it made one sale or made two sales, whatever it was. And what I talked about at the beginning of this episode is this isn't about moving on from a failed launch. Yes, that's part of it, but let's go deeper. This is about mastery of your mental emotional state, which is required for business. It's business. We're talking about business. Business is filled with problems, letdowns, external variables, circumstances, factors, and and things outside of your control. And if you're constantly going to a place of victim mentality, or why is this happening to me, or I'm upset and I can't deal with it, then you're not going to have very much power left over to handle the success that's coming. Because I do believe, little side tangent for a moment, I've done episodes on this before, that I'd like you to consider that you don't have that next level of success because you can't yet handle the level of business or success that you have right now. And this is where I talk about the problems we face in a business are much bigger than someone maybe at six figures. You think that when you make more money, all your problems go away. No, they just become bigger problems. They become different problems. And if you can't handle the problems you're facing now, life, the universe, God, source, whatever, is not going to serve you the next level of success. You're not there yet. You can't handle what you got. So why would you, why would you want more? You can't handle what you have. You're not gonna be able to handle what's coming. So you got to master your ability to handle the problems that you're facing right now in order to let in that next level of success. So what, for me, this isn't about how to move on from a failed launch. It's about so much more. It's about developing the mental and emotional mastery to discern the difference between fact from fiction. Really? What happened? This is the facts. This is the reality. This is what it is. And this is how I'm using it to define me, to predict the future, and let go of my own personal power. When you don't develop this as a mastery, here's what happens. Because... This is happening to all of us to some degree, okay? So you're, no one here is immune to this, including myself. Everyone here listening is susceptible to this to some degree. What happens is, is the thing happened. Even Elizabeth, this question actually she recorded like two months ago. So we're assuming there was a launch that she has chosen as a failure. It didn't go the way she wanted. Like, like all of us have had that. But it's in the past. It is gone it is no longer here. It's, you can't see it. You can't hold it. You can't carry it. It's not here. But when we don't develop this ability and master this ability, then we take that past with us. We carry it with us. And we actually put it in our future. And it becomes our future. That's why we repeat our future. That's why people say they're stuck. That's why people say they're doing the same thing so they notice the same patterns. It's not that your past creates your future. The past 
is gone. On a 3D linear timeline, past is gone. It's no longer here. Even the beginning of this episode, gone. Or your experience of listening to the beginning of this episode, gone. But it's the meanings and interpretations that you create about the past that you take with you. So you're not even taking the past with you. You're taking the meaning with you that keeps the past alive. And then we put that in our future. And then that becomes the very thing that creates our future. So you guys have heard me talk about the be do have model before. You've heard that probably from other people as well. So the whole idea of the be do have model is, is that when you start backwards, Stephen Covey said, begin with the end in mind. In business specifically, especially, we want to talk about results. You want a result. That result should be something pretty tangible. Sales, members, customers, clients, revenue, profit. These are all results. What is required for all results is action. So there are actions that are going to be a prerequisite for results. So taking the right actions the right way will predicate and be required for the right results that you want. And then we've seen where two people have done the same thing. I don't get it. I did the exact same thing they did and da, 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 da. And I didn't get the result, right? And so this is where the being comes in. The way I describe being is your internal state, how you think, how you feel, your energy, your frequency. So two people do a webinar. I did the same webinar. I used the same slide deck. Why did they crush it? I didn't. Well, you know, were you, were you scared the whole time? You didn't convey any authority or leadership. There's just nothing about you that, that you let shine through about who's authentically you, right? That's the being. That's the internal. But here's where it gets really badass. So much of your internal state is determined by your relationship and association with your future. And your future is getting predicted by the meanings of your past. So like... To give a simplistic example, if you just like won some really cool trip to Sedona with me and I just like called you up and I'm like, you just want a trip to Sedona and you're going to go spend a week with James and you really liked me for some bizarre reason, you'd all of a sudden change your state immediately. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. That's exactly what I want. Internal state changed. Why? Because look at the future. It hasn't happened yet, though. You're not there right now, are you? No. Future affects your present. But what we don't look at is how much of the future is being affected by the past. So when we tell that story, it was a failed launch, we start to, because the brain needs that familiarity. The brain needs to go, okay, I can't have that happen again. I don't like feeling disappointed. I hate that feeling of failure. I felt it before and it sucks. So what we do is we, the brain goes, okay, how do we prevent that from happening ever again? So the brain starts telling you things like that little voice in your head starts saying, if you do this again, it's going to fail. It's going to fail again. It's going to be just as bad. So don't do it. And that becomes your future. Is this making sense? I hope this is making sense in a podcast, but that becomes your future that you're living into is it's going to be bad again. So just don't do it. It's trying to protect you from feeling the feelings that you felt in the past that you're now trying to avoid. So it's just going to paint yuckiness. And that's why I'm saying you cannot move on from a failed launch because the brain's going to keep saying, It's going to happen again and it's going to happen again and you don't want to feel that way again. So don't do that again. Bye.
But when you realize there was no failure, there's nothing to be disappointed by. There's nothing to be upset by. When you change the interpretation, you change the feeling. And when you have the right interpretation, I put that in air quotes, you won't feel those uncomfortable feelings and you'll chase that more. You know, like, oh man, that was going to, that's definitely going to be the worst launch we've ever done. It's all uphill from here. And well, you know, at least I got the, I got the biggest mistakes out of the way with the smallest audience I'll ever have. So the least amount of people on the planet will ever see all the, the awful mess ups I've done. And there's so much to learn here. There's so much serving me. There's so much that this prepared me for that nothing could have. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity because life is happening for me. And I know my success is inevitable, but I'm going to need to become the person I need to become in order to achieve the things that I want to achieve, be, do, have. So that means I'm going to have to go through a few failures and letdowns and bumps in the road, and it's going to be okay. And what's going to only make it take a little bit longer to get there is the longer I sit and dwell in the problem because I remember Einstein said you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it so I guess I could choose to see that this isn't even a problem at all that a problem itself is also an interpretation and a label that none of this is a problem this is just contrast this is just something unwanted I'm deciding it's unwanted but if it's happening for me to help me grow if it's happening for me to help me become stronger, if it's happening for me in order for me to have these experiences that create wisdom that I can then have more value that I can give to others, then there's nothing wrong or bad about this at all. If every single person that's come before me that has what I want, successful entrepreneurs, mentors, speakers, and authorities have all faced their own set of challenges, failures, letdowns, and adversity, isn't this just part of what I signed up for. When I said I want to be a successful entrepreneur, I also said I want to go through the ups and downs that every single other successful entrepreneur has already gone through themselves. Isn't this just part of what I signed up for? And won't it just be so much easier and lighter and faster to get back on my horse when I say this is okay too? Yeah, I think so. What can I learn from this? What is here for me to learn from? Because pain is a blessing. Pain is how we pay attention. That's why people say success is a crappy teacher. Because we don't really pay attention when everything's going great. But we absolutely have an opportunity to pay attention when there's pain. When there's disappointment. What is there for you to learn here? So I warned you to have a different perspective and outlook on failure, failed launches. You know, Neo says there is no spoon. There is no spoon. There is no failure. There's just life unfolding, creating amazing moments and stories. I love sharing all of our stories of all the the letdowns and the high stakes and the, oh my gosh, then this happened. I love sharing those now and, and, and I'm nostalgic for those times. Stop being in such a hurry to get to this illusionary finish line. I've been where you want to be. I have been where you are fighting and desperately trying where you would probably like commit a crime, like a murder to get where I've been. And don't be in such a hurry to get to a finish line that doesn't exist and miss all the beautiful unfolding of the journey that you're currently going through right now. 
be present to what is, accept what is, understand that this too is part of what you're meant to experience. It's like a movie. The beginning is cool. It's like, oh, the character and he hasn't gone on his journey yet or her journey and so everything's happy. Something happens, the inciting incident, the drama, the issues, right? All the conflict and the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, the bad guy, the villain, the antagonist, climax, 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 and then, oh, resolution. But is the movie only good because it has a happy beginning and a happy ending or was it the juicy middle that made it such a great film? Don't try and skip the juicy part in the middle because it'll just make it longer and realize that there is no over there where everything is just magically happy rainbows. Well, once I get to six figures, all these stupid, you guys got to stop it with these stupid marketer numbers. Well, once I hit six figures, once I hit seven figures, once I hit 15 figures, everything will be rainbows and butterflies. No, it won't. No, it won't. Everything will not be rainbows and butterflies until you learn how to do what I'm talking about, which is how to reframe failure, how to reframe interpretation, how to stop giving your power away to the inevitable setbacks, failures, problems, issues, whatever that will come your way to stay in your power and not let these things hold you back. But that's your choice. You do that, I think you're going to get there a lot faster. Elizabeth, I hope this helped. I hope this offered something to you and all of our other listeners. Thank you so much. I think we've got an Amazon gift card coming your way. Cool. So there you go. Hey, Elizabeth, if you didn't have this failed launch, you wouldn't have been featured on the show. So there's some wins right there. Pretty awesome if you ask me. You guys, please submit your amazing, extraordinary questions. All you got to do is go to jamesoverman.com forward slash QA. It's got to be audio. You got to submit your audio question so I can feature you and answer your question. I think we're going to send you some money, which is always a win as well. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you guys so much. I'm going to see you on the next episode. We got more amazing stuff coming your way here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be. So you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.